0: Timmy, Wayne, and Andrew. I'm Aaron.
1: This is Tim.
2: This is Wayne. This is Andrew.
1: Oh, I grabbed it. Did you see that? Look at that. Oh, y- your pole position. Oh, I told you that pole knife would pay off in spades, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone
2: knows about grabbing the pole and taking your position, it is Tim. I don't know what to I say to that. Pole
1: position before.
2: Yeah,
0: uh Paul was lame today and uh won't be able to join us. You know, he cites technical difficulties. I cite lameness.
3: I think you're probably correct.
0: Didn't yeah.
1: you get a note from his parents, Aaron?
0: <laughs> I did not. I did not. Now, you know, we'll have to validate uh, you know his excuse when he returns. If he returns, we might just cut him loose. You never know. But, Tim, you can do the graphics for the site, right?
1: <laughs> yes. It <laughs> might look very similar to every other graphic we've ever done.
0: <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you're talking about lame things, Andrew can talk a little bit about Ghost Rider
3: too. So, it was kind of a stressful week for me this week. Uh, a lot of things went badly. Uh, and so, I got to Friday. And I was supposed to meet a friend of mine to, to get together and play some games and, and hang out for a little while. And we were supposed to meet at 6. And when I left work at 7, I was pretty sure that wasn't going to happen. So, I gave him a call. And instead, we decided to grab some dinner and go see a movie. And, and after a long week... Something dumb and fun sounded great. So I was like, let's go see Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, starring Nicolas Cage in Idris Elba. So <laughs> we, you know, we, we have a nice dinner. We, we have a great talk. Where would y'all go, go a, for dinner? A sub Shop, a local place. Uh, sandwiches, very good. Talk to me about your sandwich. I had a hoagie on white, uh, about six inches long. Uh, no tomatoes, lettuce, uh, mayo. Mm-hmm. No brown six bread, to- huh? Toasted. No, I'm a white guy. I'm, just, I'm, just a white guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I got gotcha. you. Okay. All right, all right. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we get in there and sit down, and I'm expecting my expectations for this movie. And and I'll just go on record just to say I enjoyed the first movie. I, I it has. What is
2: wrong with you? It has its failing. <laughs> <aliens
3: shirt, laughs> but I, I really enjoyed it. You know, it's a big clean production. I love the stunts that they were doing when he was just Johnny Blaze. I like the the big action sequences. It's like, not feelings,
2: do you mean the whole movie? No,
3: no, no. Dude, the, when he was drinking jelly beans out of a martini glass,
2: that was awesome. You kidding me? It was. the. I guess the biggest problem was everyone realized that it was a horrible movie and they realized that <laughs> it should maybe be funny. And they all kind of called in their performance, except for Nicolas Cage, who was dead serious. See, I thought Ava Mendes
3: did a good job with it as well. Uh, and actually, I really enjoyed the uh, – I can't remember his name now, but the, his crew chief, Nick, uh, Johnny Blaze's crew chief. I thought he was great. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed him that movie. But, but I, won't give that, I don't want to argue about the first one because we've talked about that before. I, I just want to get on record that I enjoyed the first one. I have it on DVD. I watch it from time to time.
2: And you do a movie podcast and people
3: <laughs> listen to you? Well, we predict the box office totals, which as we have proven over 74 episodes, the quality of the movie in often in no way correlates with how much money it makes at the box office. That is true. Okay. So we went to Ghost Rider, see Ghost Rider 2. From the very beginning, I was like this is weird. Uh they they did that thing we've talked about where during the opening credits, they basically reprised the, the origin story. But I was like, they just had a first movie. Why do they need to reprise the origin story once the second movie in a series? So that was kind of weird. Um, and then Nick Cage, who I, I enjoy as an actor. I, I like a lot of Nick Cage movies. He, did not, he seemed overly manic in the role, whereas before, you know, in the first one, he was very serious. This one, he almost seems like he was on PCP the whole time. Um, they do have a great guy. I don't I don't remember his real name off the top of my head, but there's, there's this great drunk monk <laughs> named uh, Maurice. He was the best part of the movie. The action sequences were, at times, especially at this construction site, just ridiculously over the top, even for me. And... The depiction of the writer just wasn't as good as it was in the first one. So it was not nearly as good as the first one. So if you hated the first one, for God's sake, don't go see the second one. Oh, if, I'm not. If you like the first one, yeah, the second one's a step down. It's uh it was okay. Um and I was in the mood for something really dumb and fun, but even then I was still left pretty pretty meh about it. I didn't feel like I didn't feel like I'd been I'd been penetrated. I didn't feel like I'd been raped by the movie, but <laughs> I did feel like uh, I didn't feel like I had completely set nine dollars of my own money on fire. But uh, I did not come out feeling good about it either.
0: I, I'm 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 reeling from the fact that you enjoyed the first Ghost Rider
3: movie, Aaron. If you had seen this movie, you would have walked out talking about how that movie had raped you and your children. I'm sure that I probably would have. God,
2: next thing you know, you're going to tell us you liked Incredible Hulk, so the Ang Lee one. No, I yeah. did not that was just hulk, hulk. yeah that yeah was just okay right i i enjoyed the and the,
3: i like, like the angling movie <laughs> i'll let oh, you guys start I, I, I
2: i it has problems
0: but i really i mean yes, after that the
2: script <laughs> and the hulk dogs and the acting yep. and everything about it and the direction and the yeah, the cut scenes and uh-huh. everything I, about it and the I, script uh-huh but i really
0: about it but it and and, and i know that our listeners have got to be so tired of this conversation, but <laughs> I will say, Hulk beaten army ass in the desert is exactly what a Hulk movie ought to be.
3: I'm just saying, Ang Lee is the <laughs> abusive. <of, laughs> no, 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 no. Ang Lee is the abusive spouse to Aaron Head's wife. Oh, I was know, trying to say you're a woman, Aaron, and I didn't quite get that in right, <laughs> that but was,
1: that was awful. So is this like awkward <laughs> comic book movie confession moment. I think it I might really be like X3.
3: That's Your good. turn, Tim.
1: Yeah, I, like, I really liked X-Men 3.
0: Ooh. Oh, Tim. 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 All like right, Wayne. Kelsey
1: Grammar Beast. I did. It's, it's
0: not Kelsey Grammar Beast. It's Frasier Beast.
1: Fraser
2: <laughs> Beast. <laughs> I enjoyed Spider-Man 3.
1: Oh, my I, God. I, I'm with Wayne on this one. I did.
2: I never saw Spider-Man I, 3. I have no opinion. I think we just broke the podcast. This is our Jumping the Shark episode. Well, it was good talking to you guys this week. We've lost all credibility when it comes to future comic book movies. I
1: will
3: never be able to look any of you in the eye again, ever.
1: That's okay, Andrew. Usually I'm looking at your back.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm usually looking at the top of his head, so.
3: Oh, God. I like how Tim immediately stepped in to take Paul's spot on the show. Uh, well, you know, Tim is nothing if, if not about meeting his goals, so you know. Well, so I would say I would say Ghost Rider was lame, but I'm really hoping that you guys will tell me that Amazing Spider Man six seventy nine point one was not lame. You know,
0: I I didn't realize that I was reading a point one issue until we were putting the list together today.
2: Exactly. When I uh when I read this thing too, I didn't realize it was a point one until after I was done reading and I checked the uh the emails about what people had read and saw the point one. Yeah, in fact when when the when the note
0: came across well, you know, I read the point one Spider Man book, I'm like, God, there was a point one Spider Man book, I can't believe I missed it.
2: And then I was yeah. like, Oh. <laughs> I did the exact same thing and I went back to my book. I was like, oh, that's a point one.
1: Yeah. I almost put it right back I almost put it on the back on the shelf without even opening it. But I I figured, well, they haven't they haven't steered me wrong with Spidey too much, so we'll give it a try.
2: Yeah, I mean all the other point one books are You know, so separate of what goes on in the actual book, this just felt like the the next issue of the title. Yeah, the the only thing that uh,
0: that I thought was a little confusing, as you know, an ongoing reader of the Spider Man title, is I couldn't place it in time because you know, in Spider Island, Morbius disappears into his little hole, and this seems to be like an expansion of that story. You know, because uh, I, I don't think that he came back. I think they're saying this is what happens before Morbius disappears into the into the the, the underground. But I, I really liked it. I mean, I, I think that uh, uh, as a point one, you know, despite the fact that I didn't realize it was a point one when I was reading it, I think it did a, a really good job of introducing you to the character.
1: Yeah, I'd le- I'd really like to hear Wayne's opinion because he has been less than happy with. Um, the Dan Slott story beats, and Umberto Ramos, obviously. What did you think of this issue, Wayne?
2: I thought it was a pretty good issue. It was a, Like I said, it was a standalone issue. I just felt like the next issue of the series. Uh, I thought it was better than a lot of the previous issues leading up to it. Um, I did think that the, the little bit of blood they had shouldn't have been enough to bring Morbius out and drive him insane like that. But, you know, they needed it for plot reasons. But yeah, I really enjoyed the issue. I you know, I'm I'm kind of on the fence with Amazing Spider-Man, but this was good and it wasn't in ramos Rama's art.
0: Well, I really dug, you know, uh one of the scientists that Peter works with there at Horizon Labs is Uatu, uh, who's named after Uatu the Watcher, and you know, his parents are big superhero geeks, love the Fantastic 4. And uh you know, he's the super scientist that's a teenager there at the lab and he turns into Mini Blade. <laughs> you know, I mean here he is as a l little kid and you know, he comes comes out, you know, all badass with his monster hunting gear when he realizes that you know Morbius the living vampire is in the lab right next door to him.
2: Yeah, and I love hero his... hoodie? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. I, I wish they'd give that hoodie over to Kane, though. But
0: well, and I and I liked you know Spider Man's dialogue. You know the the kids out there throwing these UV light grenades and whatnot, and Spider Man's like, "Why didn't I think of that?"
2: Yeah, <laughs> I should have invented that a long time ago. I love his flowchart of who who's in the lab. Yes. And they're going through all of these crazy people and Morbius is on the chart. Yeah, and zombie Albert Einstein. And I yeah. you know, I read that and I'm like, oh fuck, I need a zombie Albert Einstein book right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, and Dr. Kirk Connors is on the bottom right yeah. of the chart
1: there. You know, I, I really like the uh, the fact that uh, you know, these guys are super intelligent and then Reed Richard shows up and everybody turns into like a fifteen year old girl.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh I'm, yeah. Oh man,
1: you know, I'm his biggest fan.
2: Yeah, he's the rock star of the science world.
1: <laughs> right, and that makes sense. But it was so cool that they played it like that too.
2: Well,
0: I, I just love you know. Peter thinks you know they're looking at that board of who might be in the lab, and you got like Stephen F. Hawking <laughs> listed on there. And he's like, I think we can eliminate Zombie Albert Einstein. And he's like, that's a mistake, man. Zombie <laughs> Albert Einstein is real. <laughs> <laughs> I need a Zombie Albert Einstein book. Four you many, I'll be happy. <laughs>
1: But you know, as far as a point one issue, I'm not sure that this is a good like jump on point. So I I don't know if it, it met met its goal there. But as like an an ongoing reader, I was very happy that it it um, kept a, kept the canon and moved the story along. Yeah, yeah. I dug it.
2: These point one issues have always yeah. been outside of the uh, the main story. They always have a different tone than the main story has because usually it's a different writer, and they never feel like they would just slot right into the regular issues this one does i mean if you bought this and then bought an issue of spider-man you wouldn't be disappointed by the writing not
0: at all and unlike the avengers point one book that that is a glimpse of a storyline more than 12 months away this one is right now in direct continuity
3: you know I'm glad to hear. It sounds like it, it did a better job than the last Spider-Man point one, which I think we all agreed was really just a Venom point one. Yes, yes, yes.
0: So Daredevil number nine
2: by uh, Mark Wade and Paolo Rivera. Yeah, I bought this entirely because of the uh, the Spider-Man Daredevil crossover recently. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, I've never really cared for the character of Daredevil, but when I saw Mark Wade riding him, I. I enjoyed that crossover quite a bit and I en- I enjoyed Daredevil in the crossover. Mm-hmm. So I figured okay, I'm going to give this an issue and see what you know, what does he do on Daredevil when it's not a crossover with Spider-Man? Right. So what'd you think? I loved it. I I have I have questions, but other than that, now
0: does are your questions about the uh, first full page of the comic uh, comic where you know Daredevil is romancing the Black Cat and then there's a cut in where he's smelling his fingers? Is that Ooh. your question about the stanky Ooh. finger? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's one of it. <laughs> Actually, you see him. You see him the panel before sticking his finger into a sample of something. <laughs> I I'm just more curious why the Fantastic Four emblem is an art artifact well it's because it's unstable
0: molecules and they've used it as a storage device because of those unstable molecules and it's got all of this data on it okay
2: that makes more sense Actually, that's brought up a couple times in the course of the uh, yeah. the issue you know that symbol it's like why in the world is that symbol an artifact and important yeah it was
0: recovered by like Hydra or something or one of those kind of secret societies um, and utilized as this big storage device that has all these super secrets that could, you know, topple all of, you know, AIM, HYDRA, you know, uh, the Gorgons organization, you know, all, all of that. Um, uh, and, you know, Daredevil stole it from them. And so they're out to get it. Yeah, this was also a very dialogue light issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the, uh, the story of this issue is that uh, in a cemetery there in Hell's Kitchen, Coffins are disappearing, but they're not being dug up. They're disappearing from below the ground. And turns out the moloids, you know, the the little yellow henchmen that work for the mole man, have been taking these coffins for some strange reason. And, of course, they've made the huge mistake
2: of stealing Matt Murdoch's father's body. What I liked about that, though, was that. It was just one more body. This wasn't yeah. a case of them trying to strike at Daredevil or something. Because right. too often we see, oh, Bruce Wayne's parents' body has been taken, or you know, in other books, people's you know, significant others or what it, some relative that's dead, their body gets taken. That wasn't what was really happening here. They were taking all of them. Right. It just so happened his was one of the ones they took. And that that also led to the creepiness. Bro. Of mole man dancing with corpses. Yeah, that was really weird. Yeah, <laughs> it was really weird. It you was, know, and re- they, they, it was they, freaky, and I want to read more to find out what's going
0: on. Yeah. No, it was really good, and you know, I enjoyed. You know, Mark Wade does a fantastic job of describing how Daredevil relates, and you know, through his senses, you know, to the rest of the world, and so you know it's no big deal for Daredevil to go down into the these you know underground tunnels and you know down into the center of the earth to chase mole men because he doesn 't need to see you know he 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 's blind and he 's got his you know sonar and his hearing and his sight and i mean his uh his sense of smell and and taste and etc but of course, because he 's chasing dead bodies, he had to put camphor under his nose, which you know. I think maybe it was something else but he says it was camphor under his nose so that the <laughs> the stench of uh of the uh dead bodies wouldn't overwhelm him cuz you know he, he he states in the book you know it would have me throwing up before I got very far yeah, wouldn't
3: the, one thing wouldn't, I- wouldn't the stitch of camphor overwhelm his super smelling
0: well it over it it overwhelms it but it's not going to make him nauseous
3: Have you ever smelled camphor
0: I have not but Daredevil appears to not have a problem with it okay But uh, but you know he gets down there and all the running water starts goofing up his hearing, so you know he's like, man, I'm already you know three senses down on this thing, you know. But I I
2: just that's one thing I love about Mark Wade's writing of the character. mm -hmm. I noticed it during the Spider-Man crossover. Too many people just treat Daredevil like he can see. Right. They use the radar vision just to to do anything. He actually has taken the time in his stories to think about what it could and couldn't do and play up the weaknesses play up the strengths. So I mean yeah, he can his senses tell him things that you know regular people wouldn't know, but he's also weak to some things. There's some things he just doesn't see. Right. And like at the end he can tell how far down this pit is, but has no idea he's falling into the mouth of a giant monster. Right. I got a kick out of that because too often Daredevil just becomes this uh, this Mary Sue character that he knows everything because of his, you know, his hearing. And yeah. there's never the, the downside to it. And Mark Waite does a great job of giving the downside, but not, you know, not kicking the character in the nuts in the process.
0: Well, and Paolo Rivera is brilliant in the way he draws those panels. You know, you really get a sense of of how the world
2: appears to Daredevil. Well, and that was the cool thing for me, because this is the first issue jumping onto this Daredevil. The only art I had seen was that horrible art in the crossover. Right. So I didn't know what the regular artist was like until this issue, and I'm very happy with the art. Well, and I don't know if you saw the the announcement that came
0: out yesterday, but Chris Somney is going to be drawing on Daredevil as well. Ooh. I am so excited about that. And Paolo Rivera is going to stay on. I think they're going to switch off. Um, but yeah, Chris Somney is going to be working on the book as well. So I am super excited about
3: that. You're super excited about those two guys tag teaming it.
0: I am. I really am. You know, they're, <laughs> okay. d- they're going to slicker up and, uh, get tag dizzy. team, the blind guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, oh.
0: Andrew. Yes, sir. I recall that I very much loved winter soldier. Number
3: one. You and did. You, and you liked it. I liked the plot. I like the dialogue, the art style. While it fits the story, I just wasn't as crazy about it. It was okay, but uh, I was a little bit more tepid than you. You were full-on raging about it, though. Okay, so talk to me about Winter Soldier number two. Two immediate thoughts, Mm -hmm. just quick ones from the first couple pages. One, love the cover. Yeah. However, doesn't Bucky look like he's being a little possessive? Well, yeah, he
2: likes him some Black Widow. I'm just saying, if you got to hold on that tight, it's not really yours. <laughs> Doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Speaking of covers, here's a random question for you, Andrew. Since you're buying all of these digitally, when they have alternate covers, do you have the option to buy? They just come with it. You get all of the alternate covers in the uh, the digital form. So yeah, I mean, I haven't
3: done any extensive testing with this, so I don't know if it's always true. But there are several comics I have bought. Where I'll, I'll, you know, I'll page through like two, two, two or three covers before I get to the story. They may not do that always. Maybe they'll do some sort of premium thing. I haven't really looked
2: into it. But I do know that there are comics I buy where I get more than one cover on them. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of wondered about that. And I know Tim had to be wondering about it. I mean, we know how much <laughs> he loves digital comics and how he probably That's thought true. he was going to get through a single episode without a mention of them. That's true.
3: Well, yeah, I'm, I'm holding my. It's great because I got my iPad right here. and I'm just flipping through Winter Soldier number two as we talk about it. And and so my second thought though was that they 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 kind of blue balled us, didn't they, Aaron? They ended issue one with giant gorilla. Uh-huh. They give us exactly one page of giant gorilla in this book, and then giant gorilla disappears.
0: But wait, but wait. I mean, you, you say that, and I and I hear what you're saying, okay? But for your very first panel of the book is giant gorilla sh- shooting a 50 caliber machine gun. Okay? Yeah, which is awesome. So, you know, already I had to clean up, right? <laughs> but then, you know, the, the the gorilla doesn't just leave. How does he leave, Andrew?
3: Doesn't he, uh, I'm trying to remember, he doesn't he hijack a bus.
0: No, he leaves on a jetpack. <laughs> That's right. On a jetpack. You've got a gorilla <laughs> with a machine gun on a jetpack. If it That's had right. just been those four pages, I'd have been happy.
3: Because yeah, Bucky's response is, "I'm not losing my mind here." That gorilla <laughs> just used a jetpack, right? <laughs> well, yeah, and, no, that was that was insane.
0: And Black Widow was like, "Oh, you have got to be kidding me!" <laughs> <laughs> but I want more giant gorilla in my book. I think you're going to get it. I think you're going to get so. it. Now, so, one of my favorite things is, you know, the very next page after that is somebody
3: tries to car bomb Doctor Doom, which is uh, the story in this book just gets better
0: yeah and, and i mean it's like well that's just, i mean and my my response is well that's just gonna piss him off you know and, and very much on the next page bucky says exactly what i said
3: i mean well, it he, shows a picture of him climbing out of the burning wreckage of his limo and he looks pissed yeah just raging out of the limo you know and he says who dares assault doom I, I
0: i i like it when i'm reading a book and i have some of the same reactions that the characters do you know, and I, I and I had the exact same reaction that Bucky did. So, really? I, I, I it sounds like you 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 kind of turned on to the story on this one.
3: Well, I, I enjoyed the storyline of the first one with the whole idea about these three Soviet sleeper agents. I've never had I've never had any problem with Brew Baker's story in this. Right. It's just the art style, and still on this one, I'm kind of the same way. The art style is just just not I grabbing get, you. Yeah, I is get, it a little too gritty for you? It's a little too gritty. It's it, I don't know if gritty is the right term. Like let me let me let me see if I can't illustrate uh, part of my problem. So if you look kind of early on in the book, uh, actually it's uh, two pages after the Dune climbing out of the limo page. Okay. Uh, so it's it's if you look at the top, you see the red with the the red rectangles, mm-hmm. uh, and then you have the the blue. And I, I just don't like the layout and the format. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Because they do a lot of those pages where the the p- layout of the panels on the page are very atypical and, and a little bit that's uh, good and they use a lot of reds mm-hmm. when they're doing the high tech stuff that right well and I think it's I,
0: th- I think they're doing the reds because so much of this is Soviet era uh, information. You Know the right. bad. These guys were all all these these three uh, super soldiers were Soviet super soldiers, and right. I think that's kind of supposed to emphasize that. Kind of like on that one page where you see the the three guys floating in the 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 greenish blue fluid, and you see that little cutout of of Lenin and Lenin's in red.
3: Right, it, and that's another great great thing. It's just I don't. It's it's it's, it's 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 not so much the grittiness that's turning me off. It's more just just kind of that. It's it's and it's well, not it, bad it's not i'm not saying it's a bad thing to do it's just it's just not catching me it's inked very dark
0: um you know he they they really are, do play a lot with the shadows in this book and you know the the color palette does i think we talked about this last time around it's got that that very much of a uh, of a, that spy thriller kind of feel like in ronin you know where the where the color palette is very limited mm-hmm. you know right. um, and, you, and and it does feel like you're in a separate thriller world as opposed to you know the the four color you know splashes of your usual superhero comic um i think i think it works really well but i could certainly see you know somebody not responding to that
3: if you say say you look at uh say you go back one page that situation room page Uh and you look at the guy who's briefing them and you look at his face Mm -hmm. jasper sitwell (laughs) i mean (laughs) Who is he? He's he just
2: looks a like he's
3: a, no he looks like he's a zombie. I mean, if you look at the shadows and the grayness of his face, I mean right. he looks like he's dead for starters. I mean that's not a normal human skin tone anywhere ever right unless you're dead um uh, or he's have, dead maybe he's just maybe he's zombie just jas- <laughs> jas- well. <laughs> well, then that would be awesome I'm <laughs> i you know
0: one of the things that I really dig about this book is how Nick Fury pops up and just starts laying down
3: hurt. <laughs> yeah, he just shows up and starts shooting people.
0: Yeah, and you know the the guy sees him and he's like, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god. <laughs> it just cracks me up, you know. Fuck, it's it's Nick Fury. This doesn't end well for me. <laughs> okay.
3: okay, Sorry, go but, ahead. But, but I like it. Uh, I mean, the story. I mean, if I read through those few issues of Spider Girl with the bad art, mm-hmm. uh, this art is much better, much better than than what we read in. in waited through on spider girl to get a good story so
0: well and no. I, I think the, the difference is that i think that the art and tell me if i'm wrong tell me if i'm misinterpreting um whereas the artwork in spider girl and those issues that we complained about was just bad
3: yeah horrible um,
0: this this artwork is not to your taste it's more of a stylistic yeah. Uh, layout yeah
3: choice than
0: than bad art because it's not bad art no I, I, and you know I, I think it's actually rather skillfully done and I think that the art is representing what the artist intended.
3: I just think I can certainly see where where somebody wouldn't enjoy this style. But the story has been unbelievable. Yeah. I, the the whole again the super spies, the red ghost, this uh, this auction um, and I got to say when they're sitting there on the couch together, uh Bucky and Natasha, uh-huh. At first I thought that might be Tony Stark.
0: Yeah, cuz he he looks like he's in a Tony Stark costume.
3: He really does. He's got the little mustache Stark used to have and yep. yeah. Yeah, that, that that grabbed me, but I'm definitely in for issue 3. Uh, I'm loving Brew Baker's story in this and uh, it's it's excellent. Well, you
0: know, the, the the last page of the book is where uh, these people who had attended the auction or an auction came home with a with a fully functional doombot. That's uh, a good auction. And I've decided that I need a Doombot, and really what I wanted to do is mow my yard.
3: And you know? keep the kids off the grass, maybe? That's right. How
0: dare you walk in Doom's
3: yard? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I want one. <laughs> we could share it, because it could fly from house to house, Absolutely. so we could really
2: go in together.
0: Yeah, it could be the Funny Books Doombot. <laughs> you know, we could all share.
3: Take it to Fear want, of the Con?
0: I wanted
2: could, to occasionally walk my dog.
0: You could send it to the grocery <laughs> store for you. <laughs>
3: You know, if, if Doombot is walking Wayne's dog, no one's going to stop and ask him why he didn't bag that poop.
2: Yeah. that's right.
1: You know, if it's back my library books, <laughs> <laughs> if you
2: send it to the grocery store, you know, you'd have a, a doom rant. How dare you not have milk that it doesn't expire in longer than two weeks from now? <laughs> I, I could see Doombot as a, uh, a milkmaid. I'm sorry, sir. You
3: have more than ten items in your basket.
2: Doom will not stand for this indignity. How
0: dare you question Doom's number of items in the quick checkout lane?
3: <laughs> Three of those items are the same type of item, therefore they only count as one. <laughs> How dare you question the expiration date on these coupons? Yes, Doom has a coupon. <laughs> you just gotta be... Yeah, it's a recession, man. You, you gotta be smart.
0: DARE YOU NOT CASH MY
2: CHECK! <laughs> <laughs> ID? You want ID for a check? Do you not know who Doom is? <laughs> I will not remove my mask.
1: <laughs> I just want him to sit in my passenger seat on the way to work. So that you get count <laughs> as a carpool? Yeah, you're right in the carpool
0: lane. <laughs> just I like. to
1: look at people. <laughs> Sternly. <laughs> well, you
0: know he's got he's he's able to throw those you know uh you know rocket blasts out of his gloves. So if you know the guy it, you know throws you any attitude on the highway,
3: he just blasts them out of the road. Oh yeah, I like just it. Make, just make sure Here. Doombot knows to roll the window of your car down first.
2: <laughs> and if there's not a good parking spot, he can go and lift the car, you know, another car up, move it out of its spot, and you take that spot. Mm. Yeah, this is something we've got to have.
3: We need that. and We need more giant gorilla in our Winter Soldier issue three. Straight. That's all I'm saying. I need I need some more monkey ass. Well, well
1: there's no there's no giant gorilla in Wolverine and the X Men. What? No, there's no.
3: Why, why would no, you read it? There's a whole lot of brood. Oh well, the brood yeah, are good. What a lot of brood! You mean aliens?
1: No, they're called brood.
3: <laughs> the brood.
1: <laughs> the brood. The brood. The brood. The brood.
3: Da brood. Da
1: brood.
0: <laughs> yeah, they were they were Didka? sent by Didka.
1: Yes. <laughs> um, Bulls. So Wolverine X Men Five, uh, which is a title that uh, kind of Paul got me hooked on, but also the the local comic book guy recommended. Uh, this one has Preggers Kitty Pride. And uh,
0: did you say Preggers?
1: Yeah, she's Preggers. She's with is
0: child. She, is she showing? Wow. Yeah,
1: well, yeah. Well, it it's you know the fourth one she just like starts showing, and then the fifth one we figure out what's going on.
0: Do we know who the father is?
1: Uh, we actually do. Uh, you know if you' I'll go into spoiler territory do it the, fa- the father is actually a, uh, a a nano swarm of miniature brood oh
3: so seems
0: she's really bad.
1: pregnant she's yeah that's basically what b says he's like, oh, this isn't good
2: <laughs> <laughs> seems, seems really bad, yeah, that um, seems less interesting than that that is some serious junk in your trunk i'm
3: not i'm not I'm not necessarily a fan of abortion, but that seems like maybe an abortion candidate right there.
1: Well, right. So the, the 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 um the basic storyline is is that um the the apparently the brood are coming back and they've started with a this like nanite swarm thing that apparently just struck you know
3: Kitty mansion. fried
0: yeah up right, in her basically. stuff
1: which yeah. is kind of which is kind of targeted I got to admit but it was still fun they
3: um, had to find their way into her room into her bed under her sheets through her jan- anyway go on right
1: yeah
2: but they had to buy her a glass of chardonnay. <laughs> Now, yes. If if you were going to come back, wouldn't that be the one of the prime places you would want to come back to, though?
3: Mm-hmm. Let's, not, let's not get me in trouble. Go on. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, and that was one of the lines where she's like, I don't know how this happened. And Beast is like, well, maybe we have to enroll you in Professor Gambit's health class. <laughs> they have
3: Gambit teaching health?
1: Yeah. Which we haven't seen, and uh, and we haven't seen, I don't, I, I've only gotten, uh, I've missed a couple of these episodes, I haven't seen Gambit yet, but that's fine. But, yeah, so the storylines are revolving around the fact that the Brood are coming back, and uh, if you remember the conversations about this series, there's actually a Brood like, student, who's named Brew. Right. And he's like this little ass kiss, and he's just the nicest student, and everybody hates him. And it, you know, it's kind of fun watching him, because he's like, he's like, he's like hearing their voices and he's like no you can't hurt them they're my friends and he's like crawling on the ground trying to you know get control of himself it was really good um it it definitely has a uh, Avengers Academy vibe so it's kind of like i told paul it, it's one of those things where if you only need one of those kinds of young superhero books you know you you could pick um but i'm i'm enjoying it it's my foot in the door back into x-men and it's honestly kind of what i liked about uh the younger the you know the back in the 80s x-men which is you know when we started having the you know the 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 mansion and all the stories around that so i'm enjoying it so
0: so would you, are you recommending the series
1: i, I would recommend it I, do, I i i wouldn't recommend the the first arc cuz i i just hated the artwork on the fir- on the first really the fir- the first one but uh-huh. issues 4 and 5 uh, have been have been solid
0: because you know, I'm reading Astonishing X-Men, uh, and I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed Astonishing X-Men, and so you know, I, I, this is what I hate about the X-Men books is they pull you in. But uh, it, you know, hearing you and Paul talk about Wolverine and the X-Men has me has me curious.
3: What I need Marvel to do is because I was thinking about picking up Ultimate X-Men digitally this week. What I need Marvel to do is—is is I'm okay with them charging full price when when it first drops. I know Aaron disagrees with me there, but that, that that doesn't bug me. What bugs me is that they don't drop off in price after however many weeks, four right. weeks or whatever time and space you want to pick. Because I'm looking at you know the first seven issues of the Ultimate X Men, all three ninety nine, and like if I go and look at Wolverine the X Men, you know it's five issues, all three ninety nine. I, I need them to get on the bus and start dropping the price after four weeks. I agree.
0: I agree, and and I'm hoping you know they're they're supposed to do their full on blitz for for digital comics, isn't it next month?
3: Uh, It's March or April, yeah.
0: Yeah, and and I'm hoping that maybe they come out with a a scheme around that that you know, yeah, you know, we're going to release them at cover price, you know, day and date, and then you know four weeks later they'll drop. Yeah, hoping that's where they go
3: because that's really that's the first step to getting to where you want them to get to. I think exactly, exactly.
1: So just just to wrap the bow. If, I, if yeah. I could, good uh, sure. Jason Aaron's the one that, write, that writes this book mm-hmm. and uh, Nick Bradshaw does the pencil so I don't uh. know Nick Bradshaw from you know anybody but huh. it's, it's been really good and there's a lot of interesting young characters. Um, you've got like the uh, smart ass character uh, student named Quentin Choir who's like this powerful telepath. You've got Gladiators Kid which is kind of interesting. And you've got uh, Genesis, which is the uh, Apocalypse Kid. It's the one that uh, we- Weapon, and, not Weapon X, Agent Zero.
3: The that guy the one that they all in white, and
1: looks like Storm Shadow. On uh, Uncanny X Force, mm-hmm. he he uh, he secretly made the clone of the gen- of the Apocalypse Kid before they killed him or something. And so he's in class, and it's really interesting watching him struggle with, um, you know. Trying to be, because like, he he honestly was raised nicely in an you know in a, in a, not an, not alternate reality, but like you know. In in the danger room or whatever, right? And uh, now he's coming to all these questions of you know, am I, you know, am, am I set on a path basically? So he doesn't necessarily know he's apocalypse, but he's got this inkling that he's going to be a bad guy. And so it's kind of interesting going, you know, if because you know, there was a scene where they were talking about chromosomes. He's like, so is that the sum of our parts? And he's, you know, he's asked a couple of those questions. So it, it's it's been good. Yeah.
3: Well, I'm also interested in reading. You guys keep talking about it, but uh, uh, I'm hoping, you know, because one thing more of those. I like their 99 cent Monday sales. So yes. I, I'm gonna keep my fingers crossed and hope that that or maybe Ultimate X Men comes come soon because I would like to get back into the X books and this one sounds like a good one.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, and I have enjoyed some of the uh, you know preview artwork I've seen out of those books. So yeah, I'm gonna I think I'm gonna give that a shot. Uh, probably like Andrew, I'm gonna wait for it to drop from a 3.99 digital price though.
3: Right. And and we did, Aaron and I took a shot on something new this week as well. As, wow. as DC Universe Presents, uh, number six came out and started a new storyline that they moved away from the Deadman story. Deadman? Deadman. It's, it's Phil famous. Deadman. Phil Deadman. <laughs> <laughs> been telling. And they started off with this issue with a new Challengers of the Unknown uh, story arc. With that- uh, I was just going to say, it's written by Dan DiDio, uh, Jerry Ordway, and penciled by Jerry Ordway as well.
0: Now did uh you ever read any Challengers of the Unknown before?
3: I have vague memories. And mainly it's when I saw that little hourglass symbol. Uh-huh. I had that flashed me back to memories, but I have no I have no knowledge. I just have vague memories of reading these books when I was younger.
0: I never read the original series, you know, mm-hmm. from back in the you know, sixties and seventies, I guess. But uh I read the nineties series, which was very much kind of an X Files kind of uh you know even though they weren't federal agents, they were kind of chasing those kind of X-Files kinds of stories, and they were, they were really good. I really enjoyed uh, that series, rather short-lived. Um, I was dubious about buying this book because um, I'm not a big fan of Dan DiDio's writing.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But Jerry Ordway's involvement is really what kind of put me over the top, and and man, I love his artwork, and I, and I think he did just a, a a really strong job in in this issue.
3: Absolutely it's uh it's drawn beautifully and uh everything from giant crazy monsters to women standing around nothing but their bras he did a great job
0: Yeah no I, exactly and you know I I appreciated his choice that you know here uh, these guys, you know, Crashland and Nanda Parbit up there in the, in the Himalayas and, you know, frigid cold temperatures and all the men are, you know, changed into robes, but, you know, she's in a bikini. Um, so I appreciated that choice. <laughs> it just, it's just, it just makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But boy, I hated the story in this
3: book. Oh, I really did. I, I hate to hear that. I, did you like it? So I'm not a hundred percent sold yet. Okay. But they gave me enough that I'm interested to see where it goes. I especially really like the involvement of Ace. And I'm curious to see what they're going to do with his character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just, just as a quick synopsis to our listeners. Basically, these people are on a, on a small private jet. They're pseudo C-list stars who are going to participate in a new reality show. And the plane crashes. Um, they wake up in this strange... Verton City in the Himalayas that seems all very mystical. And then after some exposition, they flash back awake and they're back at the crash site in the middle of the snow and you know they're in the Himalayas. And that's when a giant monster shows up. And I got to say, I like the giant monster a lot. Mm-hmm. So it, there's this mystery going on. You don't really know what's going on. Some of the characters seem to have some idea that this. they came looking for these crazy things. Some of them are just you know baffled about what's going on. And and yeah, I'm interested in learning more about it. But but what what were your issues with the story?
0: Well, I, visually, I thought I thought it was told very well. Um, I found the 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 book to be far too talky. You know, there's I mean, there's a lot of just crowded dialogue on the page. There is. Um, and I just I felt like. There was probably a better way to do that. I felt like it could have been more streamlined. I just get a ver a little concerned when I just see so many you know word balloons uh, all over you know seven panels on one page and five panels on another and it's just it uh, it was just too crowded um,
3: especially when they were in the Himalayan city there. There was a lot of talk yeah. it feels like they could have fin- and it, it was like your exposition dump. You right. Know. And, Here and you it it was. It
0: was. <laughs> and you know, there's the there's that whole dream sequence that lasts what, 3 pages? I think that could have been 1 page.
3: Is that the one where she's being chased by Ace? Yeah. And I, see, I I liked I liked that fight. I was okay with that.
0: I I think it was fine. I just I thought it was it was drawn out far too long. I mean, you 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 could see what was going on on the first page. I don't think you really needed to have 3 pages of all of that. Um, and maybe that would have given, you know, the rest of the, 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 book some room to breathe. Um, I just, you know, I, I feel like if you know, as a reader that you're in a dream sequence, you probably don't need to spend a whole lot of time on it. And it spent three pages, you know, of a 22 page book. And I just felt like that was too much time commitment there. Mm, okay. I, whereas I was you know far more interested in seeing her walk around in, in her bra skirt and Nanda Parbit. So just saying it.
3: And They did have five pages in Nanda Barbit of the book, and uh-huh. uh, I, I think they could have shortened that some too, because there's just a lot of there's a lot of talking.
0: Yeah, I think that there I think there were some structural issues in the story, and you know maybe maybe the second issue will will we'll see that improve. Um, but uh, I, I was again, I really enjoyed Jerry Ordway's artwork in the book. I mean, I but, just I, I, what I like about it is. Um, the way he draws that the challengers, they all look like people you might know. You yes. know, they don't look like superheroes. They don't look like you know Superman. They were not. They were not drawn by Rob Liefeld, obviously. Yeah, well, and they, they just look like real people. And you know, yeah. sometimes you, you kind of you get so idealized in some of the heroes, they never look like real people. You know, and these guys look like somebody that you might meet. You know, uh, standing next to them in line at, at Kroger with your Doombot. You know, these guys look like real people.
3: <laughs> what did? What were your thoughts about the story from from when they woke up after Nanda Parbat uh, to the end? What did what, you think about that in terms of the story? You know, it
0: all seemed very rushed. Um, I didn't care for. I don't know. It's it just it's the whole? Well, you know, I, I I remembered suddenly that I had this this totem, and it started glowing, and that meant we needed to come to Nanda Parbat. You know, and I, I didn't much care for it. How about yourself?
3: I didn't, because the guy who has the Taliban seems like a crazy man. So he he's kind of the crazy guide who got them all out here without really telling them why they were going. So I wasn't. So worried about that, but I did think the the appearance of the helicopter, yeah and how how the pilot was killed, but the the helicopter otherwise is fine right seemed a little uh, contrived yeah, and
0: I, I assume we're gonna get more explanation on that. I mean that's a that's a huge assumption, but I assume we're gonna get more explanation on that.
3: So I thought I thought it was solid. Like I said, I'm I'm I'm. It's willing to give it a second one uh, to see to see where they go with it. But uh, and of course the Jerry Ordway, is just so it's so pretty.
0: It really is. It really is. I you know, the the Jerry Ordway artwork is enough for me to give it a second issue. So even though I was I was dissatisfied with with the story, I really did enjoy seeing Ordway's artwork. So I'll pick up the next issue just to see if it uh, improves.
3: Uh, well, let's keep our fingers crossed. Yes, sir. I, I I think I need more non-superhero books in my life, honestly.
0: Yeah, and, you know, Challengers of the Unknown, you know, my, here's my nostalgia talking. You know, the, the, the series that I read in the 90s was fan-freaking-tastic. I just really enjoyed that book.
3: So. And you guys had pitched, you and Paul had pitched it to me as X-Files. Uh, yeah. In, you know, weird things happen, but the protagonists are not super-powered anyway. Right. And... um uh i was a little disappointed when i started to read it and i was like oh these guys are reality tv stars <laughs> oh,
0: yeah that's not a way i would have chosen to go with that one but uh, but
3: it could be good because that gives you a highly a, a group of highly dysfunctional narcissists to put together in, in stressful situations so it, it could be good and well and maybe one of them will go to jail
2: for tax evasion you know? maybe one of them will eat another one Ooh, i mean the only thing better would be if they were you know comic book podcasters <laughs> Fear the con, <laughs> but we would be challengers of the known.
3: <laughs> I don't know, man. The first floor of that hotel was pretty unknown. Ooh, that's true. We, it,
0: I, I think that we were over a hellmouth.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 Well, and that said, guys, uh, you know if you're going to Fear the Con, or if you were you were thinking about maybe going to Fear the Con, but you were on the bubble, go, go, because you know you'll have the opportunity to play Knights of Rainsboro. Uh, Tim is running the first in our three-game series of Rainsboro games, and what's it called, Tim?
1: Uh, escape from Dogger Island.
0: And that is, of course, the prison island set there in Rainsboro. So you will have. Uh, Three opportunities, if you're attending Fear the Con, to play Knights of Rainsboro, to play in that setting.
3: And so, different different adventures each time.
0: So that's you right. Can, uh, that's right. That's right. So, uh, fearthecon.com, and I'll put a link in the show notes. Get over there. Get registered.
3: First weekend of May. Woo! I guess, I guess it starts Friday. Goes through Saturday. Worldwide Woo. wing night on uh, uh, Thursday night.
1: Woo! By Neander and Orange.
3: Please. It's my only <laughs> friend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, guys. Bye, See
3: you all next week and scene podcast theme music graciously
0: provided by mark andrew pope for more information visit markandrew funny books with aaron and polly is a production of ideology of no spider-man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast